Hello, this is an audio version of a lockdown special live video stream, which you can still find on British Canoeing's YouTube and Facebook channels. Hey, hello, welcome everyone again to the Paddlecast, the British Canoeing Paddlecast with me, Etienne Stotts. Thank you so much for being here tonight. We're deep into the Paddlecast season now. We've had loads of cracking episodes. I hope you've been enjoying them. We've met some really cool people and we've got some new awesome people along tonight. And uh, just to remind you, every Thursday we are live at 7pm. All the episodes are available to catch up on all the British Canoeing social media channels. And we're also converting them into podcasts as well. But if you've missed any of our uh, episodes, we've had amazing, um, amazing guests. We had uh, all about stand-up paddleboarding with Bill Bailey. We were hearing about the adventures of Nuria Newman, Sal Montgomery and Brent Orton. And we've had uh, an amazing guy called Hugo Tagholm from Surfers Against Sewage. That was a really interesting episode. And we also had some guests from the world of paddle sport manufacturers as well. So it's been really interesting. We've had a range of people and it's been super cool. And I hope you've enjoyed all the episodes. And like I say, you can get them on, on a watch again. And if you are catching us on a, on a watch again, very much welcome to you all. Thank you for coming along and thank you for engaging with British Canoeing. Uh, it's really good to have you all along here. So I really, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing run. And I guess uh, this uh, last few days has been a bit soggy here in Nottingham, but I've managed <laughs> to still go out paddling a couple of times and enjoy being on the water. I have to be honest, I'm appreciating my paddling uh, more than ever right now. And I'm seeing more people on the water. So it's super cool. Um, it's also, yeah, I forgot to actually mention last week we had uh, our two guests, uh, British Canoeing's Chief Executive David Joy and the Chair John Coyne. So I was giving them a few questions and a few questions from the uh, the listeners. And I really want to encourage anyone who's watching right now to you know write comments in the chat. If you've got any questions for our guests, please put them in there. We'll try our best to get through them. But it's uh, all interactions are welcome. And it's lovely to have every single one of you along here. So, yeah, let me pause for breath, man. I'm kind of out of breath speaking super quickly. Um, but tonight, yeah, we've got a show that's a bit different from the other ones. Um, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be fun because we've got four super enthusiastic, awesome women's ambassadors for British Canoeing. So good evening, ladies, and thank you all for being here. I'll give you a Hi. wave. Hi. <laughs> here. And amazingly, no technical gremlin so far, which is also good because that <laughs> makes so. everyone's lives a little bit easier. So, yeah, it's just absolutely awesome to have you along. And so I'm just going to kind of introduce you one at a time. So we've got Emma Love, we've got Kirsty McMillan, India Pearson and Julia Vigor. And all of them are British canoeing She Paddles ambassadors. And it's a hashtag She Paddles. So keep your eye out for that, that hashtag on uh, social media channels. So you four are just uh, a num few of the 10 ambassadors chosen to represent and promote females in paddle sport. Is that right? There's 10 of you? Yes. Yeah, 10 yeah. of us from all over the country. And have you all met? Because I understand you, some of you have not actually met each other before. No. No. <laughs> I think in normal circumstances we might have done, but obviously with mm. uh, everything that's been going on, <laughs> there hasn't been a chance for everyone to get together yet. But... One day, no, it's, hopefully. It's lovely to have you all in there. <laughs> Maybe. It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be so cool, isn't it, when you meet all these people that we've been seeing on screens in real life 
in yeah. some weird sort of unsocially distanced moment. I don't know what it's going to be like. I think it's going to be lovely. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to all of those encounters because I think it's going to be kind of strange and it's going to be lovely at the same time. So I hope I'll bump into it to, to you guys as well when I get out there. So, yes, let's find out one at a time a little bit about you. So, Emma, I'm going to pick on you first for no other reason than okay. um, maybe it's uh, maybe you I don't know because your name begins with E. Um, but yes, basically, you're a whitewater stand-up paddleboarder, and uh, you know I've got a lot of respect for anyone who takes a stand-up paddleboard down a whitewater course because it looks basically impossible. So, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into this and how you ended up doing such a difficult um, hobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, about four years ago, um, I went to Home Pier Point to do uh, a pay and play session with my son. We were going to go uh, do a kayaking, um, like leisure thing in the south of France on holiday. And I thought it'd be a great idea to uh, try and understand how to kayak before we went. And so we went for one of those half hour sessions. And I hate to say it, but we didn't really like kayaking. And we saw some girls come out on their paddle boards. We didn't even know what they were called. And my son, his eyes lit up. He was about nine at the time. And... Uh, begged for us to go and have a go one of those and so we did so he spent the next half hour working out how to fall off it jump off it dive Absolutely. and I was being the adult trying to work out how to stand up and not fall off it <laughs> so it went from there um and then about I suppose I joined a women's group um for about three months and was starting to get a little bit bored with the flat water stuff by then I'd bought a board and you know was um paddling weekly um, and then I got introduced to Barry Hughes, um, uh, yes. White Water Sup. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I had gone along to the shop, and he wanted to get some gear because I thought, well, it'd be kind of cool to paddle in the winter. We got chatting. I revealed that I'd been down a tiny, tiny little rapid on my knees, um, and he immediately <laughs> went, "Hey, do you want to come paddling?" <laughs> and so, yeah, with no previous paddling experience other than a little bit of flat water sup, um, I was on the white water course. No, it went from there really three cool. years ago. That's amazing, and uh, I suppose it's really interesting to to think that you know, yeah, people get drawn to stand up paddle boarding on the right day. All paddle sports are lovely, right? On a, on a, yeah, yeah. You know, a lovely summer day, but you're like, you know, one of the big things is just messing around, like jumping off and falling mm -hmm. in, and not being scared about getting wet and stuff. So that's really cool, and it's also really interesting that you saw these women on the stand up paddle board, and that was like the first kind of glimpse of it. So that's super cool. So thank you very much for that. I'm going to move and ask Kirsty. So, Kirsty, you come from an outdoor instructor background and you make a living at paddling. Um, now, I guess um, you must think yourself pretty lucky to be a professional, basically. How does that work for you? Um, yeah, so I think as a teenager, it was something I'd always wanted to do is to be an outdoor instructor. But I got, I got sidetracked doing um, a geography degree and then a PGCE and it's almost come full circle. So it's nice to be able to uh, obviously deliver a range of outdoor activities to mostly young people. Um, but it's also important to separate that from your know, kind of own time. So it doesn't become all in one the same thing. Um, but I love I love just getting out on the water. And I think uh, the water can give a lot to young people. And it's part of the job that I absolutely love is, is doing things like going on expeditions on a river, canoeing or just even a kayak taster session on the sea. It's, it's amazing. 
And do you, you know, do you um, paddle when you're paddle for fun on your own? Do you try and like, do you ever find yourself kind of doing someone else's gardening? Do you do a bit of coaching when you're doing your normal paddling? Or do you try and like, just when you're off paddling, you just go, I'm going paddling and that's it. Or do you find yourself, oh, you know, perhaps you could get a bit more edge on or, you know, something like that. You know, how do you, do you manage to separate business and pleasure in, in your own kayaking? Um, I always joke that the adults are uh, more difficult to work with than the young people and the kids because mm. uh, the kids are really malleable and they're open to anything. But um, I'm with Stockton and Thornaby Canoe Club and the trips we have, is lots of fun and everyone shares their ideas and experiences. Mm. Another way I also separate work from my personal paddling is I bought an OC1 and uh-huh. I started doing some OC1 because that's not something I teach or, or do at work. OC1 is, is just like, when I look at this, I think to myself, I think it must, it looks like it must be wicked fun, but I'm kind of always thinking I'm going to like tear myself in pieces on a rapid or something in the OC1. <laughs> is it is it as scary as they kind of imagine or is it actually all right? I think it's really fun because it's a fusion between the whitewater kayaking and the open canoeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say it's like an eclectic mix of two things. Uh, and the community, the OC1 community is pretty bonkers. It's always really good fun. There's a meetup every November and just to see kind of 18 of those boats come down the river it's just so colorful as well and everyone everyone supports each other yeah man and that's one of the things I like about paddling right it's like when that when I asked you you know you can't help if you see someone struggling on a river with something and you know kind of that offers some insight you're kind of going to say you know man why don't you try it like this or you know have a little go at that and you I can't help myself I always try and help people out and I guess that seems that's how we all learn right uh let me see so oh, well we've just got some people emma jane kitchen saying hello william johnston says hi julie so i think <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say uh, gonna say uh, <laughs> and see uh julie tell us a little bit about you and your paddling um kind of introduction and how you got into this oh, well my first experience paddling was oh, about 30 years ago i went out with a friend um on Simmons Yacht, that was my first experience, which was brilliant. So the first five minutes after getting into a kayak, I was going down the rapids and getting a very wet. Um, then didn't paddle again until three years ago when I was with the RAF Air Cadets and the uh-huh. CO suggested joining a, a local club because I said I wanted to go paddling. And it's it's all just sort of taken off from there. You know, sort of I was lucky because the club gave us the opportunity to sort of work with a coach and, um, you know, sort of did the the two-star and did the FSRT and did various other things. Didn't, and so I'm a paddle sport instructor, but I'm I'm completely voluntary at the moment. So, you know, sort of, it, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of, it's sort of been a really, really good journey and done lots of white water and really enjoying that and now looking at buying a paddle board. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I just want to have a go at everything. So I've now got an open canoe and I've got, a slalom canoe and I've got a slalom K1 and now what a paddleboard and I've got a little creek boat. Yeah, it's great. It's good fun. Well, your garage must be full and, and I'm hearing it's full of words, boats. I'm hearing the word slalom. So tell me a little bit about your slalom um side of uh, side of you. How much slalom do you do and, and what level do you paddle at in slalom? <laughs> uh, I have done two competitions in slalom. Cool. In C1. Um I won the first one, which was very small. But I have to tell you, there were only two competitors in the in the class. But I did win you that don't one. Have to tell anyone that you you won it. <laughs> <laughs> take, take the okay. hand and run. 
<laughs> I won the first one and I came second in the second one. And since then, it's all sort of stopped because that was right at the end of the season last year. And of course, there's nothing going on at the moment. So it's just a case of using lily pads as gates and practicing right now. Mm, just imagining. And, so, and where do you paddle, Julie? Where's your, where are you based? Well, I'm in Wiltshire. So I oh. paddle at Melksham and Chippenham on the Avon most of the time. But, you know, so we go down and paddle on the canal or go into Wales go into um, Dartmoor and Exmoor and paddle down there. Yeah, it's really cool. good fun. So it's a good neck- We can't go into Wales at the moment. Yeah. So I was going to say, yeah, you've got to kind of, maybe you can, yeah, don't don't go to Wales right now. Well, no, we're trying to create some white water at the moment, yes. We have no white water right now. Because that's why I was wondering when you said, you know, like the lily pads, I was wondering if you've got any like ripples or anything to go on. But some, some Well, no. <laughs> Not at the moment. No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So, Kirsty, now on to you. Uh, oh, hey, the Callum saying hello. Ah, uh, yes, yes. You know, Callum. Yeah, so Callum has got a question. I'm going to ask that later on, Callum. I'm going to come to your question. He was very, very kind to, to send that in. And Nick is saying, yeah, he got into stand-up paddleboarding with Emma and he's, he can't can't wait to go again. So that's pretty cool. So obviously, you know, your love for stand-up paddleboarding is very infectious. You've had it and <laughs> you're passing it on to everybody else. Probably shouldn't make any comments about that at this time, actually. That's probably not a good, not a good zone to get into. Pardon me. Anyway, your enthusiasm is, tra- is getting everybody excited. That's super cool. Good for you. India, Yes. So I noticed that you're into SUP yoga and I have never done that before. And so um, can you tell me about what you see? What, what, tell me a bit about that, because I guess people are seeing it. It's becoming a bit more commonplace. You might see it around, but, you know, tell me a bit. Tell everyone about this, please. So I I mean, I started teaching SUP yoga five years ago. Um, It sort of suddenly exploded on the scene. I originally trained as a dancer. And then my dance career led to teaching and then going into yoga. And then, you know, living by the coast, I naturally sort of started surfing and just loving all sorts of water sports. And then, you know, discovering paddleboarding and then realizing, oh my goodness, I can do yoga on the water. I can dance on water. This is insane. So it kind of brought both my passions together, really. Um, and um and yeah it it sort of exploded on the scene I guess about five years ago and it was kind of it, it became quite posery a little bit I found it, it to begin with because I was getting people coming to my classes and they were they were they were sort of saying oh can I get have a photo that was the first thing they wanted to get and I was like hang on a moment there's more to it than just a photo because mm-hmm. it was in a lot of women's magazines and stuff but um for me the reason I loved it was because you are concentrating so much and staying on the board and to do the poses and to get the balances and everything that you forget everything else so it's you know you sort of you find yourself doing yoga and stuff you know if you want to need to meditate or clear your mind and for me sap yoga was like the ultimate for that because you couldn't think of anything else because you were so focused on really on staying on that board <laughs> Yeah, but falling in is part of the fun anyway. <laughs> but surely nowadays you're not you're not doing that anymore when you're doing your sub yoga. Does has that ever happened when you're like really kind of pushing your envelope in terms? Oh of yeah, focus? definitely. I mean, really? you always want to take it up a level, and um, I always say to people like the, the ultimate goal is to get a headstand 
on the paddleboard. Um, but obviously, you know, depending on the winds and whatever is going on, it, it happens. But it's all part of fun of it. But quite often, it's the way that we sort of teach it is everyone's in a circle. Um, and so if somebody falls in, even if the other person is doing it perfectly, it will cause the other person to fall in. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do it. It's all part of it. Absolutely. If you're not falling in, you're not trying hard enough, I always say, and that's kind of how I think. Absolutely. I mean, one of, the, one of the funniest questions I do get quite often is, is um, so do you, uh, will, I, will I get wet? And you're like, hmm, hmm, quite, quite <laughs> So here, look, we've got Claire Rutter. It looks like she's another of the She Paddles ambassadors. Yeah. Hey, Claire. Hello, Claire. Hi. 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 Have any of you met Claire or uh, you can say hello to her for the first time? Hello, Claire. <laughs> so it's funny what I was just thinking when you were talking about headstands. I was thinking about gluing a stand up paddleboard to my head and then like, <laughs> <laughs> that is also an option. I mean, there we go. <laughs> for a proper belt races approach, you could super glue yourself hands and yeah. paddleboard. I mean, I'm not sure health and safety wise, this might be the best idea, but you know, very safe. Um, <laughs> Until he fell in, and then it would be probably yeah. quite dangerous. But yeah. again, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I can't help it. I, I always, uh, I, when me and Bill Bailey ended up thinking we should have like a mirror on your back when you're standing on paddleboarding to confuse the swans that are trying to attack you, and they, oh, would, they would veer off. Anyway, so yes, thank you so much. Honestly, it's so good for being here. Just want to welcome all our all our viewers here on. Uh, all the platforms that we're going out live on British Canoe and Paddlecast, welcome. And if you're watching on Watch Again, thank you so much. And if you're listening on our podcast, thank you so much for engaging with us in this way as well, because it's super cool to have everyone along. And this is lovely to get all our, all our paddle sport community involved here tonight. And if you've got any questions or comments, please uh, fire them at our guests, fire them at me. If you want, that would be more, that would be most welcome. And I think one of the interesting things, I'm going to ask our viewers this question as well, and I'm going to come and ask you like that as well. But we're talking here, you know, you are female ambassadors for our sport. Um, but what is the secret ingredient, do you think, for getting more women into what is basically the best sport ever? What do you reckon? <laughs> the best that? sport ever. I think it's, a, I think it's, it's, it's confidence it's building confidence and and I think it can be very intimidating when you see you know majority men out there and you're going oh no like there's, I can't see anybody that I can relate to out there or whatever but it's just it's saying that you don't have to be the best and you don't have you just go out there and have fun and and don't you know just forget about all your inhibitions and just enjoy it and I think because a lot of the time you can feel intimidated you can get that imposter syndrome as well like I don't know what I'm doing but everyone I always say to everyone who does my classes whether they've done yoga before or paddleboarding or neither everyone's a beginner once mm. everybody is so you just got to get past that and then you know you find yourself within within the sport that's a lovely thing to say I'm glad you mentioned that imposter syndrome because I think that's one of the most amazing things about our sport is that we're kind of involved with nature and nature, we are kind of almost imposters in nature because, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, the powers that we are kind of ranged against are so powerful 
they can humble anybody. So mm. it doesn't matter who you are. I paddle down rivers where I'm going, you know, I've considered myself to be a pretty decent paddler and I feel like an imposter. So I'm like, oh my God, you know, this is, I'm not, you know, am I good enough? Do you know what I mean? I'm actually, you know, it, it's always relative, isn't it? And when you're, and I, absolutely, I imagine myself back when I started, you know, how do you ever go in a straight line? How did you ever learn that? Because it's really, really hard. You know? I then, still can't sometimes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends, you know, where if you're paddling a C1, then you're completely excused. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah. So so anyone else got a question? What's the secret ingredient here for, for getting more women into, into paddle sports? Anyone else got any thoughts on that? I think it was it was interesting recently. Um, we advertised um, Beth and myself are wanting to run some specific uh, consultation days with women who are interested in getting into white water sup. And uh, I put the uh, question out there on the women's paddling community Facebook page, saying, you know, what is it that's stopping you? And was expecting people to say, you know, childcare, um, time, etc. And those did come up, but actually it was the expense the expense of getting into the sport um and um and that surprised me out of all them not it is an expensive sport you know buying all the gear is expensive um but i had i had assumed there'd be more it'd be the other barriers you know like childcare would be mm. a big issue so that that was interesting to see so i think i think from our perspective in the white water sub community and it applies obviously to men coming into it as well is that just having the equipment there so for people to come and have a go yeah. Um, would would break a lot of the barriers down at this stage. Hundred percent. I always say, you know, don't go and buy a boat or a stand up paddle board or anything. Join your club. Figure yeah. out what you really like to do. Watch people doing stuff and think, yeah, I want to do that for a little while. And then eventually, you can end up with nine boats in your garage and you can do a walk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I wanted to. I was going to go on my first whitewater trip, and. Um, decided I had to have my own boat to go on this whitewater trip. So we went off down to Wales and mm. went into a shop and came out having bought a creek boat and a canoe. Mm. Yeah. Which it was really good fun shopping. <laughs> and then were they good boats in the end? Did they turn out to be good choices? I still have them and I still oh, love them. It is. That yes. must be, they must have done you a good service because they might have just set you up, oh, you know, you've got to have that thing over there and it'd be totally unsuitable. So no, they were brilliant, really... brilliant. And actually, I'm really, really chuffed with the boats that I have. And it was it was really funny when I phoned my coach and said, I've got a boat, I've got a boat. And he said, have you tried it? And I said, yes, yes. And he said, where did you try it? I said, in the shop. As long think... as it's comfy. I think that's it another is. thing, isn't it? Isn't it, um, Julie? Is that you know there there are so many different boats, so many different paddle boards out there, and you can recommend them, but you need to go out and try all the different types. Um, well, you do, you and make a purchase. And the problem is as well that I found that you, what I chose then, I wouldn't necessarily mm. choose now. But a mm. lot of it based on the fact that I liked the graphics. Um, and my canoe, I mean, my canoe is lovely. It's a little firefly and it's bright blue on the outside and it's bright pink in the middle. And it's just, oh, I just love my boat. <laughs> it's so bright. You've got to get some. I, I am a big fan of uh, pink colours on boats because I think it just looks super cool. i got oh, to bring a question in. Who look here? It's Stephanie Monks. Love kayaking, love a nice calm paddle, enjoying the scenery and nature. 
How do I get over the fear of something more adventurous? How do I get past and out of my comfort zone? I always bottle out as everyone looks expert to me. And I'm sure everyone We're has been here, here in our sport, right? Everyone's an expert until the next time you go out and you you know you find a big challenge. <laughs> Who's got a thought to help Stephanie I, out there? I, oh, um, she needs to join I've a club. Got, yeah, join join a club. Um, my experience coming through paddle sport was at university. And after about three or four river trips, I was an expert and it was a joyous day. You know, you'd come out of a river and say, I had seven rolls, but I didn't swim. And you were an expert. Um, well, from a club perspective, you join a club, it's very much the day being very, very safe. Um, maybe getting in with the right people to paddle with and just doing things in baby steps. Make sure your skills are, are solidified at a not a lower level, but maybe the foundation level before mm. you move on. So my mistake at university was uni clubs are great like I was in St Andrews uni clinic club and it was absolutely fantastic time the friendship but I think I I kind of progressed too quickly and I've had to go back and relearn things from the start so make sure you've got solid foundations because that will give you the confidence to move up yeah absolutely mm. it's really worthwhile finding somebody to teach you as well and a group of you know sort of a peer structure that will help you I mean when we go out on the trips I'm invariably not so much now maybe but I was the most novice paddler you sort of in the group each time and everybody was so supportive mm. I mean now it's nice because I'm sort of not quite at the bottom anymore <laughs> yeah, that's the nice thing about paddling here we go I'm glad super glad that uh, we've got this question up Chris Wilde this is the guy who I started paddling with I, if it's the same Chris Wilde, I'm going to assume it is. So it's so lovely to have him along. He'll know exactly what we're talking about. When we were kids, we were learning how to roll. You know, we did all that stuff. We had to face those kind of little fear jumps uh, it together. But he's shouting out to Julie. I'm assuming you're from his neck of the woods. Where about the mighty market yard? He's saying, well, well I, I didn't that. mention that when I said I went paddling. Yes, I didn't mention the market yard in Froome. That's, yeah, that's... I paddled there. Yeah, it's Good. it's a brilliant place with a really lovely bunch of people. I must admit, I don't get down there often enough. But yes, I really, really need to. Froome is a cool town and I do like the river. It's got a few little ripples on it as well. That's why I was kind of wondering as well. So and he it's got has the a, gates. I wouldn't yes. even have to use the lily pads. There we go. go down there we and go. use the gates. Well, he's asked a really interesting question. And this is one that I suppose I kind of think about in all sorts of contexts. And the question is, you know, do you think women want women-only sessions or do you want to be in, is it about being treated equally? So, do you know, do you want to sort of be seen as equal or do you want to do your own paddling in your own scene? I remember a few years ago I was um, uh, talking with a, my friend in the Czech Republic, one of the top Czech women's paddlers, and she really strongly advocated for women's only um, leagues um, and other people actually say they, they want to compete directly against the men. So it's a similar sort of question, you know, do you like, do you, do you want to do your own sessions and be like, have a very specific sessions for women only? Or do you want to really mix in and, and do it like that? How, what's there, anyone's quite thoughts on that? I'm happy to be in mixed company, to be honest with you. But I think some women would prefer, they feel a little bit intimidated sometimes by some of the men. Mm. I think a good um, starting point is possibly a women's group. Um, just because you know, you might find that you ha you might meet somebody that's enter that that's been in your position a year ago, and and you you it it you know you you've got 
there might be similarities that maybe you're not finding so much in, in the mixed group and then it's finding that balance isn't it and then maybe the next stage is to go into a mixed group and then you feel more confident um as well but I think I've personally found when I've been teaching women or women's groups the women are less self-conscious conscious mm. when they're in a full women's group and and uh, you know that's maybe that's a society thing I'm you know um and something that we, we need to address elsewhere but it's I think it's a really good starting point if you do find a women's group mm. um and then you can progress on on and then you find that balance yeah so that's it go on go on yeah um sorry i agree with india uh we had like all girls trip just once a year in our university club and um i'm not saying the atmosphere is better but the atmosphere is different like mm. there was there was talk of different things there was talk of maybe more women's issues and we just all went out and had fun and it was quite strange because we put on a, a ladies only trip and it would be quite a big trip and there'd be people there who wouldn't normally come on some other trips and it was really nice for everyone to get together equally when asking my club members um some people are really for it and some people are not Mm. so keen so I think it's about finding a balance between what what people actually want and what the benefits of a women's only session would Mm. be that's an interesting question no, that's it exactly it just it's kind of what works and what feels comfortable and martin harrell has just put a question up here um do you think women tend to respond better to female coaches and do we need more women coaches and i, and I think you know certainly in the slalom scene where, where i know about there's really not that many women coaches yet now we have gender equality in the in the competitive disciplines and i think it must be only a matter of time before we get more and more female coaches but you know I, what do you think about that do you think it's more important to have more, well, it's got to be more important to have more women coaches. But it, does it, is there a different way of coaching when you're coaching women directly? Do you think, or is it being coached by men a different experience? I think it's about having choice, isn't it? You know, mm. you you will go to different coaches. You will find some that you can work with and some you can't. It won't be so much gender related, but it's yes. about finding the person you can respond mm. to and and who who can support you in the manner that you would like. Mm. I think that's but the. Important I think you need more women there. To be honest. It is, it is an individual thing. I mean, sort of some people are much happier being with their own gender and some people aren't. And sort of, I've, I haven't been coached by a woman at all. It's all, it's been mm. men. It's just, just because it's all men down there. Yeah. Um, so it would be really nice to have a few more female coaches. But it, it really is down to the person rather than their gender. So yeah, yoga naturally uh attract women more than mm. men i have had it where um i've had a group and it's there's only been one man and he's gone oh god there's no women, <laughs> there's no men here i'm the only man and i'm like yeah yeah don't worry like it's cool and and and, and so on the, you know it's it works both ways doesn't it really and that mm. intimidated him because he went oh these women are going to be really flexible and know what they can do and and it's like no 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 don't worry like we'll get in he turned out with a stand-up paddleboard glued to his head <laughs> well that would be fine then <laughs> I think it would be nice though Etienne you know to be able to go to some training and not be the only woman there mm. or you know yeah. turn up and find you've got a female coach for once um, mm. it, it is it is so male dominated at the moment um, and, um, and I think the research shows that as you know as you go higher up in the coaching kind of strata you get less and less of women 
coming through at those levels. So it's, it's, there's definitely, you know, work to be done there. For me, it's it, having a role model as well. So mm. I'm, I'm a coach, but going on courses, um, I think the best coaches, um, you should be able to go onto a coach or, ha- or have a coaching session and gender shouldn't be an issue. Mm. Like nothing should be for the coach, a good coach should be able to reflect that session to whatever your needs are um, without any kind of thought of gender. But it mm. is good to have role models. Um, there's Lisa, Lisa Green, I went on the sea kayaking course and it was really nice to have someone there who I just immediately went, yes, that's that's the level I want to be. And, and um, obviously paddling with some, some sea leaders from the Cumbria Canoes as well. And just as women, as role models, it just mm. it draws even more. So there's an yeah. interesting question related to this. William Johnston comes in. Oh, hold on. Let's uh, let's see. Maureen Eltring. I'm sorry. All the men I have met in the sport have been really inclusive, and I would be quite mm. hacked off if they had men only paddles. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> shout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah if I'm afraid not. That, sorry, ladies. Fine. Can't have you a lot. Um, <laughs> But the, yeah, not, this question is, is interesting here, you know, relates to how, what brought you to becoming a Sheep Paddles ambassador? Um, and we'll get to the second, what's your favourite bit of kit a little bit later? But yeah, what brought you into to, to being um, a, an ambassador here? I'll, I'll send that to uh, uh, Julie, first of all. Oh, well, it was pointed out to me and, and, and it's something that I feel quite, passionate about really because I find that people my age I'm probably quite a bit older than the rest of the ambassadors but I find that people my age don't do things because they don't believe they can do them and personally I mean I didn't start paddling until I was 53 it's it's just woken me up if you like I have had so much fun over the last three years that I mean, I jokingly say I'm back in my teens again, you mm. know, because I'm just doing so much. I've lost weight. I've got fitter. I'm having lots of fun. I've got lots of friends and I'm doing something that I absolutely love. And I would love to see more people my age enjoying mm. it because you don't have to go on the white water. You don't have to do anything that's real, that that needs a, a bit more bravado. You can just go paddling down the river just enjoy it just relax and mm. it's just such a a source of well-being i would just love to see more people paddling yeah so it's that, I, I think that's really interesting because i guess you know people always think sports in general is just for young people but i think that's canoe nice. and kayak instead of paddleboarding actually really accessible because you don't actually have to be that fit to do any of them you just have to get in the boat and you can float around it's a low friction environment you can just cruise around and see beautiful things chum along mm. with your mates you know there's a nice day fall in the river mess around you know and just kind of do that side of things for me it's a really easy sport just to do you don't you know one of the reasons I did canoe is because I'm totally rubbish at other sports. So, you know, <laughs> well, welcome everybody to get us in here. So what about you, Emma? How did What, what brought you into being, oh, oh there's a Paul Robertson, this guy again. So he was, uh, Paul is uh, one of the people who works for Palm and he was uh, on a guest a few weeks ago with his amazing uh, DJ setup. So he's saying he's uh-huh. worked really hard at Palm to build a good range for women, but sadly there isn't enough uh, there simply aren't enough women to sell enough to keep all the ranges going. What are the factors that 
ambassadors feel most important for women's equipment? What's the most important thing? We did actually talk a bit about women's equipment when they were uh, in, in here because they were talking about, you know, you can't just like shrink it and pink it, that horrible expression that you're using, mm. like, like <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Don't, don't, don't say that. Anyway, I, yeah, I tell wear, me. I wear a pink helmet, but it's kind of like an ironic thing, but I love it. Yes. <laughs> cool. really I like that. So yeah, what do you think about this equipment side of things? Is it is it a big is it a big issue for you? Um, I think the sizes are always a bit strange. This might just be my opinion because I'm kind of short and round. So, um, for example, in a in a certain kit, I'd be a large to fit that way, but that way I've got a foot extra on the feet. So it's quite a, a broad range of just for ladies, and I don't think. They get it quite often. I'll get the top fits really well, but then the bottoms are a foot too long for me. And it, they seem to be for like there's lot. The, the thing with women is there are a whole range of sizes. Um, and I, I just I'm not sure if short and plump is uh, is catered for very well. <laughs> I, I think having having equipment that fits really well. I mean, I have to say, you know, men do come in lots of different shapes and sizes as well. And they seem to have equipment that fits them. So why is that not happening for women? Um, I spend a lot of the time in a dry suit in the winter. So, you know, but again, like it's always too long. So I have a lot around my ankles. It's too wide around my backside. You try climbing back onto a paddleboard in white water with a with kit that's just, you know, heavy and cumbersome. <laughs> why is that? Why do we have that? I don't know. So um, why does it not sell more? Well, let's hope you get a few more women in paddling and then you'll sell a bit more kit, hey? And I think another mm. side of it is what I've found is that some certain brands, they'll sell men's equipment as being, you know, this is stereotyped, but very like action sport and technical. And the women's equipment can sometimes be marketed in a little bit more of a, um, how do I put this? <laughs> like a more I'm gonna, you come up with the words so uh, glamour yeah glamorous way yeah oh. and, and and you know you think well hang on a moment like, I don't want to be wearing that because that's going to bubble off and that's not going to be practical and that's going to show bits I don't want to be showing and why is it that there's I mean there's some fantastic articles about that and I know that there is some women out there that are really pushing it particularly more in the surfing community I've seen but um you be you know you want you want we need technical equipment just as much as the men and it is out there but it's not marketed and it's not pushed and it's not seen as as sort of um I guess high end as, as maybe the men's equipment and I'm, I'm not sure sure why I think that's a good point India because you know if you click on a website to buy some equipment it's mm. men's stuff that comes up first isn't it mm. and then you go mm. into the women's section and you find like three pieces to choose from and you're like, what, 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 what is that it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, the, and then the piece what I found is like, I like to wear like neoprene leggings and top, but it's all very like the zip down here <laughs> and it's showing a little bit of shoulder or whatever. And you're like, well, that's just not practical, but that's all you've got to offer. Then I'm going <laughs> to move on to somewhere else, you know? So it's, I think, I think there was definitely something in the marketing side of it which is yeah, it's saying, yeah, yeah. It's basically you know fashion for women and technical for men and claire brown saying the yep. same in the golf industry so it's obviously it's, you know this is a big these are big social questions and i think mm. generally speaking we need you know if we have loads more women paddling then you're gonna mm. they're gonna be uh, more and more women everywhere really i suppose in all that in all things there'll be 
there'll be more more choices. But it's very, very, yeah, it's a really difficult area. Uh, there's a question from Martin Harrell for India about, he's, uh, he asked whether you have to have a special sort of stand-up paddleboard for yoga or can you just use a general all-round one or one so that's stuck to it? are great they're really they're you know they're sort of you know they tend to be a little bit wider so but you do want it to do, do you want it to be wider you want it to be at least 30 inches wide um because you really do notice the difference um you naturally you take your poses wider and sup yoga than you would do normal normal yoga just to help balance you but I, I always say you want it to have at least 30 inches wide at least 10 foot if um, and if you're taller then see a little bit longer and then at least four inches deep because otherwise if you've got the water coming in it's it's not it's not so good either so yeah the bigger the board and the wider the board the, the better comprehensive answer there so we've got Callum Evans uh, is saying he's up for a bit of a, a swap he thinks men's gear should be more colorful and uh what, oh, what about a swap there so it's like yeah we'll be able to spot Callum next like time the <laughs> could be the same so if there was like the men's and ladies came in the same color mm. uh, and then so it's not because quite often you look at the men's things and think oh I'd really like that colour but mm. I want that style of tag that's the ladies and that's the men's and it has led me to buy men's kit which then doesn't do the women's kit any good either because it's not selling mm. that's a tricky old business Stuart Parnell Stu hello Stu I recognise mm. Stu uh, he's asking is there a she paddles expedition being planned any any word on that i guess it might be on ice for the moment but is it going to happen when we can <laughs> i think everything's on ice at the moment yeah <laughs> i think we'd love to i think it's we've just got to kind of see this summer through and see what happens i guess and mm. it would be awesome too i think we'd all love to yeah even definitely. if it was a uk expedition it'd be awesome definitely. yeah maybe maybe we should make a weekend of it you know a bit of sup yoga try out a canoe <laughs> You know, definitely. There's something that I'd love to sort of organise a community event as well because I, I enjoy um, doing uh, like litter picking um, events on my paddleboard and raising money and stuff that way. So um, I think there's something in there getting a bunch of us all on kayaks and canoes and paddleboards and going down a canal or somewhere and litter picking mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling back, giving back to the environment as well. <laughs> Avoiding the swans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have we have a very aggressive. Well, he, he doesn't seem that bad this year. Last year he was really really aggressive. So we were having to beat him off. Mm, sort of some... back when we had the cadets or the the scouts on the the uh, the river, and we were trying to fend off the swans. And they're all out with their babies now as well, so it kind of makes it even more dangerous. <laughs> well, we had to catch one of the babies actually because it got tangled up in fishing line. So that that was really interesting, yeah. And probably fend off the mama swan while you were doing that, trying to save its baby's <laughs> life, and they were yeah. trying to get out. Mummy was okay. Really? Daddy was not. Daddy, all right then, fair enough. Daddy, Daddy was definitely sort of thinking that we were going to hurt his baby, but once we cut all the wire off her and put her back in the water, they, he gathered them all up and took them all away and seemed to yeah. leave us alone after that. It's difficult for a creature with a brain the size of a small walnut, perhaps, to grasp the nuance that he was trying to save his baby, but not, not kill it. So, yes, so glad yes. you did. He, glad you did. He it. didn't understand that when I was oh, <laughs> I was paddling down the river um, in the C1, just playing around in the C1, and he just flew at me, and the, the, yeah. the swan was right on the end of the boat. It was like, go away, just go away. 
I don't want yeah. to touch it. We could do an expedition to the Tweed. So the Tweed is one of my favourite rivers and I get to do expeditions with the with the uh, young people. And it's quite easy white water, but one of the key features of the Tweed is the swans. So we'd have absolutely loads to talk about. <laughs> there are hundreds <laughs> of swans. And swans. They are beautiful. They fly they past beautiful. in squadrons. <laughs> <laughs> They are beautiful, I do agree, and they are amazing, but they also can get quite mean and nasty. So I'm going well, to ask you one last question. It doesn't happen very often, though. No, they're all right, though. No, they're all right. They're fine. They're much, <laughs> they're good. They're good. I've got one last question for you all, and I think we'll just start to wrap it up. So um, if you would mind, just um, briefly, if you will, each of you, who inspired you each to, to get into get paddling? So, Emma, you kind of explained it was like those stand-up paddle boards. So I guess you kind of answered the question, but if you have another answer, so what, yeah, who inspired you into paddling? Um, so with the white water specifically, um, key people who have really inspired me alongside Barry Hughes has been Louise Royal. Um, mm. I paddle at Knott's with Knott's, Knott's White Water Sup crew, so at Home Pier Point, and, you know, an amazing community of paddlers who have really supported me in my progression um, as a paddleboarder um, and have in fact supported me into becoming one of only three Whitewater stand-up paddleboard coaches in the UK at the moment. So um, they've been an incredible, incredible team to be part of, um, an incredible peer group. So yeah, those have been my inspiration. Cool. And what about you, India? What, who inspired you into to paddling? Was there a particular person or particular people? Yeah, there were, I mean, it started with a, a yoga teacher who's based in Aruba, actually, called Rachel Brazen, and she kind of brought it over. She started Suck Yoga, essentially, um, one of the key people. And, and then and then it sort of, you know, and then I, a lady, a lady called Elaine Macy, who was a, a dancer, and then she went into teaching Suck Yoga um, as well, and she's really inspired me. She And she's taking it to a whole other level, and she does lots of challenges, and and everything and then I think the environmental side where I've started doing a lot more with sort of litter picking on the paddle board is um Joe Mosley who was a actually mm-hmm. a she paddles ambassador for yeah, Joe's cool. mm-hmm. she's yeah. awesome she's, she's so cool awesome. and I've got I'm doing a sort of a long distance litter pick coming up and she's been giving me so much advice and she was the one that encouraged me to do to apply for this anyway so she is yeah she's one to follow definitely and I'm working my way around the screen as they appear. So, Kirsty, who 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 inspired you to get into paddling? Um, I'm I'm not sure. So, looking back, I think it's always something I'd wanted to try, and it didn't really take off until university. I think before that, I'd had some school trips, and I hated it. We went canoeing, and I hated it, and we went kayaking, and I hated it. <laughs> I specifically, remember there being a spider in my boat. <laughs> everyone I went to university St Andrews um there was you know the for the, the girls it's Amy Kincaid Cam Spud Izzy Sarah and then Johnny Hawkins who who now lives up in Scotland he did a lot of the coaching there it was just such a good friendship group um mm. my sea kayaking um I worked for a lovely old fellow called uh, Chris Ben and he got me into the sea kayaking um and then obviously my own club just now just keep me going all the time. And um, obviously I've had a lot of support from SDCC, uh, Val, Maureen uh, and Louise. And everyone just keeps me, keeps me going. Standing cool. on the shoulders of giants always. <laughs> everyone, 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 absolutely. And what about you, Julie? Who, whose shoulders did you stand on? 
Well, to start with, I was in the RAF cadets and it was our CO, Barney Wiles, who got me um, down to Melksham to start kayaking. But then, you know, sort of meeting the people at the club, there was um, one girl there, Kelly Riches, that I sort of, we used to have an absolute ball going out paddling. And then actually Martin Harrell is the, the coach that we had uh, to um, do the two-star and the FSRT and we went out on trips with him. So, I mean, it was, it, it's grown up. It's just been the people that I've been with. I mean, it was something that I wanted to do anyway. And then these people have really driven us. And we had a, we had a team called Team Pink Unicorn, which was me and Martin and Kelly. And, um, and Will, actually, Will Johnston was there as well. So we used to go out on trips and just have a ball. Cool. Uh, you know, this is what I love, you know, the stories, uh, the canoeing, paddle, port, sport, kayaking community, you know, it's the same story around, you know, it's getting into it for the love for the people mm. that you start and then you love the sport and it's all these things kind of blend together and, and then you pass them on to other people and other people come in and then you see them. So, yeah, I want to just say thank you all. Ben is saying thank you so much for being on there tonight. Lovely people. We're really, really stoked to have you here. And uh I just want to say thank you once again for being here. I know this is going to be a peculiar year for you all. We've got strange times going on, but I wish you all the best for it going forward as, as female ambassadors. It's been absolutely lovely to meet you. I'm super happy. And, you know, clearly we can hear the passion and feel the good vibe from you. And I'm so fantastic to have you along. So thank you so much. And, yeah, we want everyone to be inspired and loads more women to get into our beautiful sport because it's just so cool so thank you for being here and don't forget everybody you can watch all the paddlecast episodes again by looking on the british canoeing paddlers portal there's all the stuff on there on all our social media channels you can check out all the old episodes on the paddlers podcast as well on the clear access clear waters website so thank you for being here tonight next week we're going to be talking about the hot topic of access we're going to be getting deep into this subject with two authors who have both written a lot about the subject and are campaigning for much greater access to our natural landscape. So that's going to be really interesting. I hope you can join us. Remember to throw questions at us during the show and even before in the week before. But it's super good to have everyone along here. Thank you, everyone, for all the, all the people who commented and, and posted questions. Thank you so much, Emma, Kirsty, India and Julie for being here. And we will see you all maybe soon and on the water and next week on the podcast. Lots of love to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.